This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to The Scorecard with Barry Cronin and Mike Esposito, presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine on Chicago's Sports Radio 670, The Score, and Odyssey Station. And we are back for hour two here on The Scorecard. Presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine. I, I, I don't even want to talk over the Drifters, Barry, but no. here I am talking over the How Drifters. Awesome. Uh, Who knew the Drifters are from South Carolina? You don't know if you you don't know I unless didn't. you look it up. So there you go. We well, have a lot we of re- we, there's a lot of research going on in this show. I don't know if people understand. We have a crack research staff uh, that uh, gets we on do. this stuff it's every week. Research staff of one, so it's good. <laughs> well, we we love playing music from where the tour is at this weekend down in South Carolina at Kiwa Island, of course, for the PGA Championship. So, South Carolina music it is, and uh, the Drifters counts for that. Uh, we are back, and uh, we are uh, jumping out now to the Alpamani Nissan Hotline, Alpamani Nissan in Melrose Park on North Avenue, or AP Nissan. Dot com. You know her from her work at CBS Golf, on-course commentator, a 17-time winner on the LPGA Tour, and we're thrilled to have her with us this morning. Dottie Pepper joins us on the scorecard. Good morning, Dottie. Uh, good morning from South Carolina. <laughs> good morning, Dottie. It's such a, such a pleasure and an honor to have you on the show. It's really great. Um, for folks who don't understand, you know, Dottie, to me, is really the star of uh, the CBS uh, golf. I mean, and what I mean by that is uh, you're kind of the go-to person uh, out during the tournament. Everybody goes to the to you because you're usually with the uh, with the final group. And uh, I, I imagine yeah. you're pretty excited about what you see on the leaderboard uh, going into Saturday. Well, number one, I'm thankful I dried out from last Sunday in Dallas. And now, yes, we've got got ourselves quite the championship going into the weekend and all sorts of storylines from, honestly, all over the planet. Um, We've got it covered. It's going to be – the roars are back, uh, and and I think that favors Phil a lot. But, boy, what a a storyline to have him in that last group. And and you will be following uh, Phil and Louie today, Louie Ustazen. That's correct. Yep. Yeah. What, what's with the What's with the South Africans? They're all over it. They got four, three guys in the top four. Yeah, I think if you if you watch those guys on the range and, and watch them get around the golf course, you understand that most of them grew up in in pretty windy conditions, so that would favor them. What, what we're facing here this week, and it, frankly, it's been pretty breezy uh, from it, most of the time that we've come back from <clears throat> starting at the Masters. We had a little had a little wind. Uh, 
So we've had that, but they've all flight it well. They both, they all really control the shape. They um, control the spin. They, they control the height of the golf ball really well. And that's what is at a premium around this place. Yeah, and Dottie, you know, we, we were talking earlier in the show about, uh, you know, Hideki Matsuyama, who, of course, your Masters champion from this year, but uh, 68 yeah. yesterday, only two shots off. And uh, if a Masters champion could kind of quietly, uh, you know, play his way back in, uh, he has done just that uh, as we head to uh, round three today. Yeah, he was he was home for the weeks following the Masters, and I, I think he, he had a chance to really absorb it and wasn't shocked when he came back to playing golf. He had, he was a forced quarantine when he went back to Japan right after winning, but he came back and, and kind of got his feet wet again, quietly. Like you said, last week in Dallas and, and here he is just a couple of shots back. And that, that would be really something if, if he was to be able to pull that off. Dottie, you won 17 times on the LPGA tour, including the two majors at the Dinah shore. And, uh, and then you also I'm glad won. you called it the dinosaur. I, you <laughs> really know what? I, 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 listen, well, you know what? It's got to be the. Di- I don't know. You know what? I, ah. I, I understand the value of corporate. You know, I'm a PR guy for the John Deere Classic, so I right, get the right, value of, of. I get it. I get it. I get it. And uh, and uh, and <laughs> I worked PR at the Western Open when it was the Motorola Western Open, and the guys in the press tent would never call it the the Motorola Western Open. So I was always mad at them because I worked for Motorola. But anyway, <laughs> so I get it, the whole corporate spot. But I love I love Dinah Shore. I mean, good Lord. It, it was a great thing. But you American also, icon, yes. American icon. That was awesome. Um, you know, Andy Williams, not so much on the men's tour. But anyway, you get away with Andy Williams. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, you also won at the 1992 Chicago Sun-Times Challenge, which is, again, you know, a, a, an icon. You know, you never want to forget the right. uh, uh-huh. Chicago Sun-Times Challenge. But I think I, I covered that, actually, for the Sun-Times. I was a reporter there, a night golf writer, and um, along with Lenny Zeem, who was my, my yep. boss there, kind of. Yep. Anyway, you won there, and you won in a playoff against uh, Beth Daniel and Judy Dickinson. Thank you, Wikipedia, because right. I had to remember. <laughs> what 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 do you remember? Do you remember that like it was yesterday? Could you go through like what clubs you hit on the way in, and do you remember what happened? <laughs> well, I, I can I can tell you the last two holes for sure because I hit it out of bounds at 17, and that's why I went into a playoff. Ah. Um, so I had to go to the 18th hole, and because I made double at 17, I was now one back, and I birdied 18. I mean, talk about wind. It was howling that afternoon. Birdied 18, and then I think I won maybe on the second playoff hole. Right. Uh, it made the worst throw ever to throw the golf ball to some kid. I mean, it was pathetic. Wow. <laughs> <I> remember that. <laughs> really bad. So anyway. for so for yeah so for people who don't know uh, Don Pepper is uh, uh, is uh, Dottie's dad and he was on Sports Illustrated in along with Johnny Bench as one of the most pro- two of the most promising uh, baseball players I can't remember yep. what year that was but so you you no wonder you March were embarrassed 1968 68 <laughs> so so he yeah. did he you know he for uh, for different reasons he didn't wind up playing in the majors but you should have thrown better apparently. Uh, well, yeah, he played. I think I think he played five games for the in the majors, but um, that particular throw, um, yeah, that was pathetic. <laughs> that was really bad. <laughs> and I can throw all right, I, you know, I, but boy, that was just really bad. Yeah, well, well, yeah. certainly, certainly uh, uh, a good athlete, and certainly uh, a, a multiple time, as Barry said, seventeen-time winner on the LPGA Tour. Dottie Pepper is with us. 
the on-course commentator for CBS Golf. Uh, I'm curious because, you know, I'm broadcasting dork here. Uh, how, how did you make that transition from playing on the tour to then coming into the, into the broadcasting area? You're obviously an expert on the game, but how did you translate that from playing into your broadcasting career? I had some very good mentors and some of the people that were best, best in the game still are best at this game um, in, in Mike Tirico in Judy Rankin, uh, people like Steve Melnick. I mean, people that I still, I still lean on them for bits here and there how to, how to continually get better. And I had a couple of significant producers in my life that I still stay in touch with Tommy Roy at NBC where I, where I the first network I started with I was also doing some stuff at golf channel at the time. And then Mike McQuaid uh, at ESPN has been has been really important in in my life and, and just kind of shaping how how I speak on the air, how I try to get information out without using a lot of words and being really succinct and and prepared. Um, a lot of what you what you never hear has been you talk about your research staff. I mean, I went on a, on the show for for or on the air for two hours, not even two hours on. Thursday this week, and I had done more, way more than two hours worth of work on the three guys that I saw. And yesterday, I had done work on a group I was supposed to be assigned to, and it all blew up because Corey Connors got off to a lousy start. So all that work <laughs> I had done overnight <laughs> Thursday into yep. yesterday morning never saw air. But you, yeah. you know, you understand that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, Dottie, um, you have written a, a really a wonderful book, uh, Letters to a Future Champion: My Time with Mr. Pulver, and um, it, it, it's a remarkable book in that in its in that it's not just your narrative about about you and Mr. Pulver, but it's also they it's about the letters and the letters are mm. actually in the book. You, uh, you you show them in the book. You, his typewritten letters and your handwritten letters. But um, mm. tell us a little bit about the audience who might not know anything about the book, um, uh, what it's about, why you wrote it, and um, and, and just what the message. Well, I, I think, first of all, Mr. Pulver was my, my first golf teacher, really. Um, I started work with, working with him when I was 15 years old, but the relationship went back um, a few years earlier because he was the architect of the golf course I really grew up on. Uh, he was the agronomist. He had, he had since you know really retired from being a golf professional, so to speak, but had his hand in everything. So I knew him and from there and, and competing against his wife, actually, in, in local tournaments in upstate New York. And my dad, knowing so much about sports, um, was a really fine golfer. He was about a four handicap at his best. By the time I got to be 14, 15, he felt like he had taken me as far as he could, could take me. And I reached out to Mr. Pulver's daughter, Madeline, who I had befriended. And because I was too chicken to, to write a letter to him. <laughs> so I wrote a letter <laughs> to her <laughs> asking if she thought her dad would be interested in, in helping me try to try to find tournaments and, and be better prepared to play in tournaments and just kind of push my journey along. And unbeknownst to me, Martha, his wife was hospitalized and, and very ill. And four days before she passed, he, he wrote a letter to me agreeing to teach me. No one, not knowing what his schedule was going to look like. This was in March of, of, uh, 81. Uh, but he, Come to find out the kids were really concerned about him post-Martha because they were literally like Carl and Ellie Fredrickson in, in Up. They were hooked at the hip, and they did everything together, and they adored each other. And with no Martha, they were really worried about George. And 
I was in this, you know, I guess we filled, we filled gaps for, for both of us. Um, I needed a mentor or somebody that could push me along further in the game. And he, need, he didn't need a project. And uh, it was, it was much more than just a, a teacher student relationship. It was, it was a, it was a true bond. But yeah. anyway, the letters he wrote me um, really went from A to Z throughout everything that's involved. And not only just being a, being a champion golfer, but being a student, um, he reinforced how important he thought it was for me to, to get a degree, to have something to, to back up, um, you know, the dreams of playing professional golf. He, it was about being your own PR department, about being your own business manager. I mean, he, there was nothing he left untouched about what he felt like it was going to take, not just to play golf, but to be in the game of golf really for your lifetime. Yeah, and, and at the t- Go ahead, uh, Mike. No, I was just going to say, Dottie, and the really cool thing about this is, I mean, this this goes back, obviously. You said 1981 was when this started, but, I mean, uh, these, these this relationship and, and how much it meant to you over the course of time, I mean, you're writing a book about it here in 2021. I mean, it, it's obviously stayed with you very strongly. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I kept every letter that Mr. Pulver wrote me, and it was in a three-ring binder. Uh, it was a hand-me-down binder from my dad's office, actually. And it went everywhere. And I even at times now when I when I kind of just have a few minutes, I tell let's let's just go back and look. But what I wasn't prepared to find was that right before George Jr. died, he was about six and a half years ago. He left me a lot of things that were in his office that were his dad's. And one of the things he left me was this beat up blue folder of the forbidden material Mr. Pulver never wanted me to read. He didn't want me reading about what other, what other teachers, teachers' philosophies were. He didn't want me reading about mechanical thoughts. He, didn't, you know, he wanted to keep it simple. He knew how I would absorb and learn and what he was trying to teach me. So that was forbidden. You could read all you wanted in the golf magazines about people and places, but don't even think about reading about technique or anything like that. So in this, in this blue binder that George Jr. left me were all of those those articles all cut out with Mr. Pulver's scratchings in the margins about what he believed in and what he didn't necessarily have agreed with. But what I was in no way prepared to find, it took me 34 years to open that little, that no-go um, folder. What I wasn't prepared to find was that in there were all the letters I had written back to him. And it just, mm. it gave me chills and there weren't enough, there wasn't enough Kleenex in the house that afternoon. I had, huh. I had no idea. Yeah. Awesome. And those letters are so terrific, um, Dottie. I mentioned, you know, that uh, your letters were handwritten and, of course, his were uh, typewritten. And what, what I was so impressed about your letters as a, as a young woman was um, uh, they were so uh, respectful and so well written and there was nothing cocky. It was just very um, respectful of him. And even in the title of your book, uh, my time with Mr. Pulver, you know, it's for people who uh, are living in the neighborhood. It's hard enough to get the local uh, eight-year-olds to call you Mr. Cronin. Um, you know, <laughs> right. they, 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 hi, Barry, right. and I'm like, give me a break. Anyway, I should, I shouldn't, I shouldn't voice my concerns on the air, but um, um, it, it's just, just the amount of respect. And this at a time, you know, in the '80s when uh, a little bit of a generation gap. Uh, there and you wouldn't think that that a 15 year old and an 80 year old would be getting along so well and yet it seemed like your 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 mutual bond with the game of golf um 
which does bring generations together, really, right. really, uh, really helped. And from a from a from a so there's a lot of uh, rich emotion and sentiment in this book, and it's terrific. But from a practical standpoint, Adati, I think people who read this book might actually get and some tips on how to play. I noticed that there was a there was a tip that you uh, you talk about from Ian Baker Finch about how look at the back of the uh, one dimple on the golf ball when you're right. I think I think when you're putting. I did it the other day. It was awesome. Not that it helps yeah, me there, score, there, but it, every once in a while it helps me hit hit one okay. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've actually what I I wasn't really prepared for too on the backside of putting this book out on the market was people's reaction to me writing back to me on. Uh, sending emails and I've even gotten a few handwritten ones that were in the vein of what Mr. Palmer would have uh-huh. would have loved uh, that they took little bits of his instruction and went to the range or went out on the golf course and it helped them a little bit. So that was, that's an added bonus. I, I, I would hope that would happen, but you certainly don't plan on it, but, he, they, but you know, from going through the letters yourself, how simple he tried to boil the game down and None of that changes. I mean, everybody's talking about how the you know, new instructors and they've got this and the, you know, t- the, the pressure plates and they've got track man and they've got right. what, all of that really is just expounding on what the basics are. And the basics never change. You've got to make solid contact. You've got to be able to control your spin and you've got to be able to do it day after day. Right. Yeah. Easier you said know, than done. Right, Daddy? Correct. It, it, correct. It, it, and Dottie, what's interesting, I found what very interesting in the book was that uh, Mr. Pulver, George Pulver, goes all the way back to uh, Varden and Ray. He saw them play yeah. in an exhibition um, when he was a young man, um, and then he, yeah. he saw all the great players play, and, and he brought that. It, just to me, here's a guy who's 80 years old. He's been working on a driving range and all these golf courses, at, et cetera, in, in Saratoga Springs, New York, not highly populated, and yet he somehow absorbed all the wisdom of the game. Not He's not around the pros all the time. He's not out on tour. He's not teaching super great players, mm-hmm. but he's absorbed all the essence of the game. Bobby Jones, Nicholas, um, uh, like I said, Varden and Ray, people like that. Um, it, it's, it, I find it remarkable. And then the fact that you two met, it's, it's just, I, mm-hmm. I don't know if you think that's fate or what you think that is. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure what it is, but he was a, a higher power. He, he was a real student of the game. I think that's what you, I also hope you take from, from, from the letters. And it was also, you know, he was around, he would go to the Bahamas and also to Florida during the winter to teach and, and to be an, an assistant professional where he met, actually met Martha in the Bahamas when he was down there for, for a couple of winters. But he would, it was the era, if you remember, when, when there were matches and groups of professionals would go around and playing matches for, for a pretty good amount of money. And he liked to go watch those matches. So he saw them in competition. And actually some of those matches came through upstate New York because we had the Sagamore and we had Glens Falls Country Club. And those were a couple of Donald Ross courses where, where Sarah's in and Sneed and, and, and Hague and Hagen, um, they all came to play matches. And so he, he was right there. Right. Well, it's, so Dottie, it's a... Dottie, how do we, how do we get this book? Um, we, we've kept this pretty small. There's no Amazon. <laughs> it's all, <laughs> it's all through, it's through my own website. It's hooked up to Shopify. So you can go directly to dottiepepper.net to get the book. 
Um, it's also in a brick-and-mortar store in Saratoga Springs. It has a website of the North Shire, so it's northshire.com. And um, 10% of all of the proceeds are going back to a group in Saratoga Springs called the Saratoga War Horse, which uses off-the-track equine therapy, these thoroughbreds that are no longer racing, to help those who have served us overseas um, or even domestically. Uh, in the military that have developed post-traumatic stress issues. And uh, as Mr. Pulver, being a, a World War One veteran, I think it, it kind of comes full circle because he came back injured and had some things to deal with. Well, Dottie, we, we certainly appreciate it. I mean, the book sounds fantastic, and supporting the local uh, brick-and-mortar bookstore is always a good thing. And uh, we, hey, we'll be listening and, and watching this weekend, and uh, we'll hope for a great finish uh, at the PGA. And we really, really appreciate you joining us this morning. Well, I, I appreciate you guys reaching out. And, Barry, we'll see you in July. Yeah, absolutely. A Jundra Classic. It'll be uh, an honor to have Dottie go on the fairways at TPC Deer Run. It'll be great. All right, Daddy. Well, thank you very much. Have a great weekend at the PGA. Yeah, you guys too. That's Dottie Pepper, uh, on-course golf commentator, CBS Golf, uh, 17-time LPGA Tour. You know her. We all know her. We enjoy her work. Uh, And, Barry, I have not read the book. You have obviously uh, uh, gone through it. It sounds pretty fascinating, and uh, I would definitely, uh, uh, I'm sure a lot of our listeners would also like to check that out as well. Yes, dottypepper.net. So, um, yeah, it's a terrific book, and um, you know, it's it's. I think it's good a good book for uh, young golfers who are just coming up, uh, golf pros who are teaching pros, and also I think golf parents um, who can benefit a lot from uh, from Dottie um, and what she went through. You know, there was not the uh, there were not the instruction uh, clinics uh, and, and academies that we have now uh, back when she was. Uh, mm-hmm. coming up and so uh, you know she didn't even know <laughs> they didn't even have many tournaments for 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 girls to play in back in the day she played on the boys team um, there weren't a lot of competitions now you know with the Illinois Junior Golf Association there's a lot of girls playing and there's a hundred and 40 tournaments every summer for them to play in. Uh, they're not national tournaments or whatever, but it gives them playing opportunities that uh, Dottie never had. So um, things have changed in, uh, you know, 30 years. Uh, so it's, uh, so girls have a lot more opportunities now. So it, it, anyway, it's a terrific book. And the, and the wisdom of this man, George Pulver, he's like, uh, it's, it's sort of a, a cross between, uh, you know, Chivas Irons and, uh, and, and Ben Hogan. So it's, uh, it's really, a, it's really a cool book, and uh, yep. I think folks would enjoy it. And of course, you really learn about Dottie Pepper, and and you learn more about her as a person when you see her letters to him and ba- the back and forth, and as well as her sure. commentary on what's what happened. Yep, and we'll definitely be listening uh, to her commentary this weekend on CBS Golf uh, at the PGA Championship. More talk about the PGA when we come back, and we'll also talk uh, later in the show to Ethan Roush of the Glen Club in Glenview. Uh, our Swing Thoughts segment, we'll talk a little putting uh, with Ethan. Uh, and uh, when we return again, more on the PGA. Phil Mickelson tied for the lead uh, after the first two rounds. Uh, the Scorecard, presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine. It's Barry Cronin, Mike Esposito with you on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And we are back with Chubby Chubby Checker. Oh, yeah. He's, He's Chubby. The scorecard presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine. Early 60s, South Carolina music. Well, it's not South Carolina music. It's American music by South Carolina native Chubby Checker. PGA Tour down in South Carolina this weekend at Kiowa Island. Uh, And we are here on the scorecard talking about it. Barry Cronin and Mike Esposito. Championship golf coverage on the score presented by Truly Hard Seltzer. And Barry, before we get back to the PGA I want to remind everyone to log on to the CDGA website, cdga.org, slash contest. You can register to win a CDGA season starter pack. You'll get an imperial hat, towel, and zero-friction super tube with spectrum mat balls, tees, and a universal fit glove. Everything you need to start the season. Barry, I'm sure you have your your products out there. You're ready to go. You're, you're out on the course. Oh, yeah. But yeah. the CDGA oh, yeah. would love would love to have you visit the site and uh, sign up to try to win that contest. That uh, it's a nice little prize pack there. Yeah, it's excellent and uh, zero friction is kind of overlooked. I'm hoping that we can have uh, uh, one of their top guys on the show one of these days to talk about zero friction golf. It's kind of a under the radar, a Chicago based uh, company that really uh, does does a super job. So uh, that'll be in the future, no doubt. Uh, but this week, Mike, uh, we were talking about the PGA and uh, Phil Mickelson, the uh, the unlikely Cinderella story of uh, mm-hmm. Phil Mickelson, the five-time major winner. Um, it's interesting. And then Louis Oosthuizen, he won the British Open a long time ago. Hasn't really, and he contends in these major championships, but he hasn't won. So he and Phil will be in the final pairing today. And then, of course, we've got. Uh, Big hulking Brooks Kepka, the incredible mm-hmm. Hulk of golf. He's won four uh, uh, major championships in the last few years, uh, two PGAs and two U.S. Opens. Um, formidable competitor. I mean, he's right there. And then we've got a couple South Africans who will be uh, who are in the mix. And then of course Hideki Matsuyama, T4. 
uh, Masters champion. Um, that would be pretty mm-hmm. awesome if he would uh, sure. if he would win this uh, event and uh, and go on. And then just to mention Gary Woodland, uh, former U.S. Open champion, um, tied for seventh, along with uh, Wheaton native Kevin Streelman. So we have right. uh, we have local uh, interest we here do. in Chicago. So that's a good thing. We have 23 players, even par or better, within you know within five shots of the lead. So it should be a real exciting weekend, depending on how Kerry uh, Haig at the PGA of America sets up uh, yeah. the uh, ocean course at Kiowa. Well, and it was funny, too, to hear uh, Dottie Pepper in our last segment when we were talking to her as she's covering the event. You know, she, she had all, all this material prepped for Corey Connors, uh, 67 on uh, round one, and then uh, Corey, uh, not his best, uh, effort yesterday with a 75, but, you know, basically played himself out of having her follow him. So all that work <laughs> went down the drain and, and now she's, uh, she's onto a different, uh, different group, but, uh, it's fascinating cause you, and you, you ran it down Barry, but you've got Brooks who's won this a few times, this event a few times already going for number three. Uh, he's a shot off the lead. I've saw a lot of people, a lot of sites, certainly the gambling sites, uh, are considering him the favorite. Uh, he is the odds-on favorite if you're betting. Uh, uh, I don't think uh, the pros, so to speak, would would uh, believe or think that Phil or Louis Oosthuizen are going to be able to hang on here. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama, sneaky, sneaky uh, with a 68 yesterday, coming uh, right back in. He's only two shots off the lead and one shot behind Kepka. Uh, and you mentioned Kevin Streelman, Corey Connors. You have a lot of guys uh, still there within striking distance, but it's going to be fun, and it's going to be fun watching the guys navigate the course. We heard uh, Jamie Wilson, our, our guest who played at uh, University of South Carolina and who's played there, say, hey, I love it. You know, let, let's see these guys uh, struggle a little bit out there and and really do their best work and, and see how they can tame this course. Right. Well, you know, Phil's odds have gone from went from 200 to 1 to 14 to 1. So uh, the uh, the uh, the sh- people are starting to bet. You know, I, I think the odds don't mean anything because all it means is that people are putting money who's, on yeah, Phil who's Mickelson betting, right? because, in of course, uh, oh hey, there's a guy he's leading, so let's bet mm-hmm. on him. Well, that's okay. Yeah. Um, uh, if, you know, he did shoot 79 in the third uh, round of the Masters after contending there this year. So um, it's hard to know what's going to happen with Phil. He is going to be 51, and he even admits mm-hmm. that his uh, level of concentration tends to wander a little bit when he's out there. So we'll see what happens today. And uh, I think the main thing is if they set it up, uh, set up the course uh, for scoring today, and if the wind maybe lays down a little bit, there could be an opportunity for somebody at even par to shoot a low score and maybe catch up um, to the leaders. So uh, that'll be interesting to see. And, you know, just so just to mention uh, Mickelson for a second. Um, sure. Uh, last time, uh, Tom Watson, you may, he was 59. He uh, almost won the British Open in 2009. 1968, which I'm sure you remember as if it was only yesterday, Mike. <laughs> Uh, Julius Boros at age 48 won the PGA. So he's the oldest winner of a major championship, uh, in our, in anybody's lifetime. And of course the 86 masters, Nicholas was 46. And in 2019, when Tiger won the masters, um, he was 43. So, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, 50 is, uh, the new, uh, 35 if Phil wins. I think we can officially say that if Phil sure. wins, uh, this tournament and, uh, maybe we can say it even if, even if he doesn't. Yeah, no. And I, and I know, listen, a lot of us just root for, for our viewing matchups, right? I mean, 
I, I don't have a horse in the race. I don't necessarily care who wins. I like a bunch of these guys as a, as a fan of the game. It's just cool when you have a whole bunch of guys really tightly packed together uh, coming uh, down down the stretch, so to speak, at uh, at the end of a tournament like this. So uh, that's what I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for content, Barry. I, I want to see well, an you... excellent, excellent program. I want to watch excellent golf uh, today and tomorrow and, and, and see a tight uh, a tight race in. Well, as, as a journalist, Mike, I, I think we know a journalist roots for the story more than anything right. else. Uh, you, you, you don't want to have to write um, uh, uh, Richie Wierenski, uh, who's T12 right now, and nobody knows who he is. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but it is a great leaderboard, so we'll, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, and and uh, we, we will keep our eyes on that. We'll certainly talk plenty about it next week. But when we come back, Barry, time for our final segment of today's show, our Swing Thoughts segment. Uh, we'll head on out to the Glen Club in Glenview. We'll talk to Ethan Rausch. We'll talk a little putting with Ethan and hopefully pick up uh, some good tips for our listeners uh, who are either driving out there to their course to play today or who will be shortly, uh, but uh, looking for some tips. Our Swing Thoughts segment will hopefully give you that. You have the scorecard presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Just let it happen. Be the ball. Be the ball, Danny. You're not being the ball, Danny. Well, it's kind of difficult with you talking like that. Okay, I'm not talking. Stop talking. And now the scorecard presents Swing Thoughts. Some free advice from the best teachers in the game. And we are back on the scorecard presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine. Mike Esposito, Barry Cronin with you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8. Glad you could join us for the show today. Uh, And Barry, we're getting ready to head up to the Glen Club in Glenview for... uh, uh, our Swing Thoughts segment, uh, it's the site of this week's Evans Scholars Invitational. Yes, and I just wanted to mention, I mentioned before that Patrick Flavin uh, from Highland Park also received a sponsor exemption into uh, next week's tournament. But this week's tournament in Kansas City, uh, he qualified as the medalist on the Monday qualifier, shot 66 uh, and and earned a spot into that field this week. And but the interesting thing about it is Nick Hardy, who's from Northbrook, uh, who's who plays on the Corn Ferry Tour now and lives in Scottsdale, uh, is on the verge of getting his PGA Tour card. But he drove from Scottsdale to Oklahoma to pick up Patrick Flavin, and uh, he convinced him to play in this Monday qualifier in Kansas City to get into this tournament. Patrick hadn't even. Uh, considered doing it, and Nick said, you have to do it. I'm driving from Scottsdale. I'm picking you up in Oklahoma, and I'm driving you to Kansas City, and you're going to play in the Monday qualifier, and you're going to get in that event. So he did it. So that's what uh, good friends are all about, and uh, I just wanted to uh, to mention that before we that... get into talking to Ethan about it, but I think that's really a cool story. It says a lot about Nick and about the friendship uh, uh, that, that he has with Patrick. That that is a great friend right there and a great story, Barry. Thank you for sharing. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to to watch him compete uh, in the uh, Evan Scholars Invitational this week at Glen Club. Uh, let's head on out, Barry, to the Alpamonte Nissan Hotline. Alpamonte Nissan is in Melrose Park on North Avenue or at APNissan.com. Uh, Ethan Roush joins us. He is the uh, head pro at the Glen Club up in Glenview. Good morning, Ethan. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Barry. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being on, Ethan. We really appreciate it. 
Um, one of the things about uh, the golf season starting up, and I think for a lot of people it still is starting up because the weather has been so um, unfriendly to golf in many ways, um, is uh, is putting. You're in the you're in the uh, you're in the house. Uh, you're hiding from the pandemic. You're hiding from the winter. Mm-hmm. You're snow blowing. You're trying to escape the cold, and now you come out and it's time to play golf and it's like well how do i i can't even remember how to putt so what what do you have any have any um uh, tips on how to knock off the rust yeah absolutely you got to do it now because uh, by the time june hits the built-in excuse that the season is just starting uh, doesn't <laughs> doesn't hold as much water as it does in april and may so now's the time to knock off the rust uh, the biggest thing i see people struggle with uh, when they when they get the clubs out of the garage for the winter is uh, with cutting speed control. Um, I know I certainly, when I, I play my first couple rounds of the year, my speed usually not, uh, not mid season form. So uh, one drill you can do is place a club about two and a half feet behind the hole and try to get every putt to the hole and, and try to not hit that club. That's about two to two and a half feet behind the hole. So, really trying to make the putt, but also trying to make sure that if you don't, your distances are just right. Yeah. Well, um, and what happens if that doesn't work? Oh, just kidding. I'm sure. It'll work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there are other things in, in, in putting. Um, what do you think about the idea of practicing one handed? Um, I think it works great for some people. I've never, I've never done it. I know tiger in his prime, was uh, all about on the putting green, putting with his right hand, probably trying to do two things. One was create feel with his dominant hand. The other was to feel the the releasing of the putter blade, which the right hand is really responsible for for a right-hander. The opening on the backswing and the closing through impact, feeling that releasing. Um, So I I, I know a lot of people do it for feel and to get that feeling of releasing the putter. Talking with Ethan Rausch of the Glen Club, the head professional there in Glenview at the Glen Club. Uh, is, is putting something that people ask you about a lot, Ethan, when, when you're doing uh, your, your private uh, instruction and when you're talking to people about their game? Is putting something that comes up a lot or do people, uh, you know, they all want to learn how to hit the ball as far as they can? Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It, it doesn't come up as much as it should. I'd say of 10 lessons I give, uh, one of them will be a putting lesson, um, which, you know, you could you could argue it, it should probably be more. Um, chipping and putting should be at least, you know, probably half of the lessons that I give. But everybody um, everybody loves to, to know, go to the range and, and pound balls. And it, it's this time of year where a little extra investment on your chipping and putting uh, will actually see, you'll actually see those returns in your scores. All right. Uh, what about uh, reading greens? Um, that seems that seems to be even guys that I know that are real good players um, have a difficult time reading greens. Um, do you ever do you ever teach people how to read greens? Um, yeah, you're you're right again. I not as much as as people should take the time to learn how to read greens. Um, it's really just a matter of attention we kind of see a certain line and it's almost never high enough 
Um, you've kind of heard people say, oh, they missed that on the amateur side or they missed that putt on the pro side. Well, uh, you know, professionals will play more break than uh, people who aren't as, as good at reading green. So it's really a matter of attention and seeing really where does, where does this putt start to get over that hole. And eight times out of ten, an amateur will not play enough break. Yeah. Well, um, what uh, when you what do you see uh, when you watch the um, Corn Ferry Tour on TV? Which they're not televised as much anymore, uh, I think, because of the pandemic. But versus uh, the PGA Tour, the main difference is what? Uh, almost nothing. Um, <laughs> I'd say hmm. I'd say they have all of the tools and skills. Um, I think they're still they're still learning how to compete at the highest level. So creating kind of that that pressure. I think I think if you sent them all to their home course, whether on the PGA Tour or a Corn Ferry, they could all shoot a 62. Um, but I think what separates the PGA Tour guys, they have a little more confidence, a little more a little more belief in themselves. Um, and then you've seen those guys that have had the belief in themselves the Justin Thomases, the Bryson DeChambeaus, uh, Scotty Scheffler, who won the event at the Glen Club in 2019, obviously has a, a, a lot of confidence, and you could see it that week, and it, it hasn't stopped since. He's now, I think, ranked 22nd or 23rd in the world. I think he's, I think he's two over this week at the PGA, so not, not completely out of it. But that's – I mean, you go to the range, you will not see – much difference or any difference between um, the PGA Tour uh, ball strikers and the Corn Ferry guys. I think it's just a repetition of getting in competition, believing in yourself, and that confidence that you that you can only gain through um, you know winning on on the Corn Ferry Tour. Well, talking with, no... go ahead, Mike. Sorry. I, I was just going to uh, let everyone know we're talking with Ethan Rausch, the head pro at the Glen Club in Glenview. Uh, that will be uh, the site of this week's Evan Scholars Invitational. And this this week is going to be, or next week is going to be really the only um, Chicago-based um, PGA Tour event this year because the uh, BMW Championship is uh, out of town. It's in Baltimore area this year. So and and we know that the top 25 uh, at the end of this year from the Corn Ferry Tour are going to be on the PGA Tour next year, as you mentioned, Scotty Scheffler. I mean, he's a budding star out there. He's he's been playing really well. So uh, for fans uh, who want to see a great golf and really up close, because there aren't that many fans out there, um, you can see a you get to see Nick Hardy and Patrick Flavin, our local uh, young guys, and you get to see Jamie Wilson, who got who was on our show today, which. Now that's a celebrity now, um, and you get to see hmm. them and and um, and some of the guys that are going to be out on the PGA Tour next year. It's a it's a great opportunity. Absolutely, um, the uh, Evan Scholars Invitational presented by First Midwest Bank. Um, people interested in tickets can go to esinvitational.com and register for tickets there. It is strongly recommended that you sign up online. Um, for your tickets before you arrive on the property. Parking is uh, located just to the east of the Glen Club in the Glen Club Town Center 
parking uh, garages there just to the east of the property, and that's uh, just a short walk to the Glen Club. Like you said, Barry, you, you will get an up-close and uh, personal experience um, seeing these uh, players on the range, and uh, you can follow somebody for a whole round, sit on the behind the 18th green, watch them on the range, however you choose to experience it. It'll be a, it'll be a great week of golf, and I uh, encourage you to come out. Well, the most important thing is you can watch them on the putting green and, and see the drills that they do, yeah. and see if uh, see if there's any possibility that uh, that uh, you could imitate them and possibly improve your own game. Absolutely. Uh, Ethan, we we really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you for joining us. We will uh, see you out at the Glen Club and. Uh, uh, good luck with the uh, Evan Scholars Invitational uh, next week. Thank you, Mike, and uh, thank you, Barry, and thanks for having me on anytime. Appreciate it so much. All right, good luck to you, Ethan. Ethan Rausch, the uh, head pro at the Glen Club in Glenview, uh, the Evan Scholars Invitational coming uh, next week, and uh, I'm sure Ethan will have uh, his hands full. Lots going on there, but uh, good busy, right? I mean, that's uh, that's what you want, and uh It'll certainly uh, be an exciting event, um, and, and as you said, a chance to, to get out and, and watch some of the, uh, hopefully, the future stars of the game uh, get on out there. I, I think that's cool, right? I mean, everyone, uh, it's, like, it's like minor league baseball almost, right, Barry? You're watching, you're watching the kids as they're learning, as they're improving their craft, uh, and as they're hopefully making it up to, you know, to make it onto the tour, where... You know, in in normal times, as a golf fan, if you're attending an event, you're not going to get that kind of up close and personal attention as you're going to get uh, at the Glen Club next week. Well, right, and especially when you have um, a PGA Tour event um, like the BMW Championship in Chicago, where you really do have thirty thirty to forty thousand people out there, and um, mm-hmm. it's a difficult uh, viewing. Um, it can't, not difficult, but it's a it's a different viewing experience than sure. um, uh, walking here. You, know, you can stand right up and right up at the tee and see uh, Nick Hardy uh, hit an unbelievable tee shot and get an idea of uh, of what a great athlete he is. Um, you know, he looks like he could play. Uh, uh, baseball or football or mm-hmm. whatever, because uh, right. he is a, a, a terrific athlete. And a lot of times I think we think golfers aren't athletes because they're not in uniform with a number on their back. Um, and they they certainly are. So, uh, And the nice thing is, too, you can go to uh, PGATour.com and click on the Corn Ferry Tour um, uh, link and uh, find out who the top 25 are and check them out. So, yeah, no, and and uh, it's definitely cool. Uh, we had Nick Hardy on the show last year, and it's cool to follow his progress. Uh, it's cool to uh, to talk to all of our guests today uh, on the show, Barry, and uh, a great show it was. We want to thank our guests, Tim Troy from Zigfield Troy Golf, Jamie Wilson, who will be playing in the Evan Scholars Invitational uh, next week, Dottie Pepper from CBS Golf, and we just talked to Ethan Rausch. Uh, from the Glen Club. Barry, thank you, my friend. We'll, uh, another great show. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Mike. Have a, f- a lot of fun this weekend. You too. And thanks to Adam Studzinski, our producer, as always, doing a great job there. Thanks to all of our listeners, texters, and uh, everyone else out there uh, in SCORE Radio Land who uh, listens to the scorecard and supports the show each and every week. Early Odds is coming up next inside the clubhouse after that. This has been The Scorecard, presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Have a great day, everybody.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.